Dead, dying, dead, dead, dying, dying, dead, dead. We keep saying it. Ugh, we don't even know if it's true. Here's my rant for today. We tend to diagnose our own towns and all towns as dying towns. We hear that term all the time when we talk about small towns and rural America and economic revitalization, all of this. It's all at the save the dying towns, which sure, that's noble. That's fine. But we get this diagnosis shoved down our throats that we're dying and we start to come at it from a negative viewpoint because why would we not? If we think that, oh, we're dying, we have to do what we can. Well, maybe we're not dying. Maybe we need to look at it and look in our town. And um, my husband and I, we bought a historic building earlier this year. And it's on our in our historic downtown and in our downtown square. And it has been vacant for many years and and needs a lot of work. But the we bought it to restore it to as close as we can its original glory and there will be apartments and some office space upstairs and the downstairs will be housing a co-working space and business incubator for remote workers and entrepreneurs who want to start up their own businesses and need kind of a stepping stone before they take on the liability of their own building. So that's something I will be talking about over and over and over, and this will become a constant theme with me, you'll find out. But in the meantime, I'm just talking about the building itself. So we purchased it about six, eight months ago now, and it like I said, it had been vacant for many years. It's extremely, extremely run down, but it was structurally sound and we decided to go for it. The first thing you do with an old building is the roof. You've got to get it tight to the elements. So we have the roof done and then we've also done a lot of demo work over the decades. I think I mentioned it was built in 1891, so it's almost 130 years old. So it has had a lot of updates and uh, improvements. We're going to put that in air quotes over the years that at the time truly were improvements. But we're talking decades and decades of covering up the original architectural details and and what's now today the history of the building so the first step in restoration is trying to get back down to the bones and see what of those historical elements are still down there underneath the layers of change over the years and what are salvageable and just what exists so we have been doing lots and lots of demo work it's a 10,000 square foot building so we're talking a large amount of of demo and one example I'll give there's along a, a whole wall exterior wall there were about oh I'm I'm blanking on the exact number but about 14 windows that had been covered up and I don't just mean covered up as in some plywood put over them I mean that at some point when the windows needed to be replaced the owner at the time found it cheaper I'm guessing on this motivation but it makes sense and I can't fault them if this is what they needed to do, but cheaper and uh, more feasible than replacing the windows was to put the plywood over. So from the outside, it's plywood showing 
insulate the inside of the plywood and then run drywall along the inside. So the windows from the inside, you had no evidence of these windows even existing because they had been drywalled over. And then in those rooms, there were eight foot drop ceilings uh, installed as well on those interior rooms on the second floor. So from the inside, it looked like you were just in a normal room. You didn't realize that there were gorgeous, tall, historic windows on the other side of that drywall, and that there was another six foot of ceiling height above the drop ceiling. So we've been trying to, uh, everything was old and crumbling anyway, so we needed to pull out all of these improvements to start over anyway, and it has been opening up this incredible historic building underneath that's finally coming back to life and and able to breathe a little bit. So I'm telling all of this because on the inside of this building over the past months, there's been an incredible revitalization taking place. The difference of the before and after is just unbelievable and breathtaking and it doesn't even feel like you're looking at pictures of the same place. On the outside, however, not much has changed. Not not much. Um, I have repainted the front door just to make it look a little more alive. And for the most part, the the facade it has to wait until we have all of the windows replaced and some other things like that, that then afterwards, it'll be worth repainting the facade and fixing it up. But in the meantime, it looks from the outside like nothing is happening, even though we have filled 18 large dumpsters with demo work, uh, even though we have spent countless hours there and hired, you know, our, ourselves countless hours and have hired out, we could put a number on those, they're not countless hours, obviously, but um, it, it a lot has been happening and the inside is seeing revitalization and renovation. It just hasn't reached the surface on the outside yet to become obvious. But that building is not dying. The opposite. It is coming back to life. The same thing could be happening in our towns. As we drive through small town America, sometimes we see the run down buildings, the falling down properties. We see just the the eyesores and the sad parts. And and to be sure, we're working on those and we're trying to fix those things and, and all of that does need to be better. We don't need to be okay with eyesores in our town. But just because they're there doesn't mean nothing is happening below the surface. So uh, we get the diagnosis dying often because we look back at everybody th- typically thinks that they're when they were in high school or when they were coming of age, those were the glory days. And we all have our own skewed perspective on this. But so often we hear about in, in the rural towns, oh, back, you know, the pop, back when I was a kid, the, the square was always bustling and the businesses were filled and the, everything was great. And, and we've just been in a decline since then. And so that's where we get this perspective that it's dying. And I'm not saying that some of that isn't true. But Right now, I work from home. So I'm sitting recording this in my office in my own home. I'm not in a downtown building. And some of the our downtown office spaces may look 
less full than they were in the past. But that doesn't mean that business isn't thriving. People are working from their homes now. We don't know driving down any random neighborhood street in our town. We might have as much business going on behind those walls as we drive down the street during the day as there used to be in a downtown street. Our business is still there. It's just spread out. And remote work and working from home is one of our most viable job opportunities for residents in small towns. So we tell ourselves we're dying because it doesn't look exactly like it looked 30, 40, 50 years ago. That means nothing. Think about it. Nothing is how it used to be. Why would we want our towns to be like it used to be? We have cell phones now that give us computers in our pockets and we're not tied to a telephone cord on the wall with a stationary phone. We don't want our phones to be how they used to be. Why would we want our towns to be how they used to be? It's okay. Progress and change is okay. And if it looks a little different, it doesn't mean we're dying. The trajectory for dying or thriving only matters from today moving forward. Maybe your town has been in a downward slump. Maybe maybe it's been in a downward slump for decades. For the past 40 years, it's been on the decline. Well, make a decision today that that trajectory changes. If you are moving forward and you are working for improvement, one person even, then your town's not dying. It's coming back to life. If you can get another person, two other people on board with you, then you're really going to start seeing momentum. When we have small towns, that's a blessing because it means that one single person can make a huge difference. And a small group of committed people can make a difference we can't even imagine. Your town's not dying unless you decide it is. It is the trajectory from today moving forward that matters. Decide what it wants. You want that to be and that's what it's going to be. So I've mentioned before that I'm working on in the same vein as this. It's tough. One person can make a big difference, but it's tough and lonely being that one person. And once you start going, I promise you start finding other people who feel the same way and have the same goals and your tribe will start to grow. I promise. But sometimes, especially at the beginning, it feels lonely. And so I've mentioned before that I'm working on a platform that will allow those of us who might feel like single solitary workers in each of our town that care about this and see things this way, we'll be able to network together and figure out what things are working for each other. So again, stay tuned on that. Um, It'll be within a, you'll be hearing more in the next week or two, and then it'll be fully launched within two weeks, I think. So, so stay, stay tuned on that one. In the meantime, look around your town as you go about your life this week and think about it thriving. It's not dying. Stop diagnosing it as dying. 
It just matters where it's going from today forward, and you get to decide that. I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm Alex Real, and this is Small Town Tenacity. See ya.